Hashtag SAFM Sound Awake. Planting the seeds is where we get into now, talking agriculture. It is Thursday. We continue with our conversation, which we started on Tuesday around beekeeping. Joining us again is Inga Lota, who is beekeeper and member of the South African Beekeeping Industry Organization. And uh, South Africa's beekeeping industry facing quite some challenges due to the African honeybee breed, which is uh, very migratory, as well as uh, a drop in the average honey production to 8.5 kilograms due to drought and this is some of the uh, findings that we got from that conversation with Inga on Tuesday. However, with recent rains and a stand against honey fraud, this picture may look a little positive and we began our chat on Tuesday. So we continue it now with dedicated beekeeper Inga Lotta. Good morning, Inga. Thank you so much for making time for us again. Good morning, Ayanda. How are you? I'm good, thank you. So we spoke about pollination season and that uh, being typically from July to October, how many bees does you know one lose during this period? If we look at your 800 beehives that you, you, you said you have in your space and, and quantify it in maybe a number of beehives as an example, uh, in, in a typical pollination season, how many bees will actually die? Well, that's very difficult to say because it depends on uh, your farmer in a large degree. Um, obviously, we do lose some bees due to um, accidental poisoning uh, when the farmers uh, or their neighbors apply some pesticides that are harmful to bees while the bees are working on the farm. Um, that we try to limit as much as possible, and it's very important for beekeepers to actually have written contracts with their farmers um, that actually preclude them from using specific uh, pesticides. Uh, while the bees are there. Um, that's one way that one can mitigate that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's difficult to say in terms of while they're standing there because uh, there's also the gradual decline in health uh, because of the continuous um, uh, exposure to, to pesticides, herbicides and fungicides while they're actually working on the farms. So, um you also find sometimes that after a number of weeks, even when you move them away at the end of the season, you find a decline in uh, in the health of the colonies. Mm. So uh, we're more and more starting to feed our bees uh, post-pollination and uh, feed them things like um, um, different probiotics that and um, pollen substitutes with uh, pollen uh, with probiotics and uh, as well as um, amino acids to try and increase the health of our colonies at the end. Um, so, yeah, it's difficult to say. Uh, one year is worse than other years, depending on um, factors often outside of your control. All right. So we talk then of what you feed them in terms of making sure they don't die. But just for the normal general feed, uh, what do you uh, feed your your, your, bre- your bees and making sure they've got the protein and carbohydrates that they need? You must remember that bees do need both. Um, like we also do need pro- protein and carbohydrate. Um, they need a very good quality protein, which they find in pollen. If there isn't good enough pollen available or... In the case of pollination, where you put them on a crop where there's only a monoculture, um, then they only get a certain number of um, uh, amino acids and um, different. The protein levels can 
sometimes be very low uh, because that's the only thing that's available there. If one takes into consideration that your average bee only lives about 45 to 48 days, of which 20 days is, or 18 days is spent as a larva and pupa, then the, the actual um, quality of protein is so incredibly important because without that, your development stages, um, the bee doesn't develop properly. And then they can sometimes even live shorter than the uh, normal 40, 45 to 48 days. Mm. Um, so in, in terms of the carbohydrate that they get from the nectar in the, um, in the trees, in the plants that they pollinate, mm-hmm. but uh, that also has to be of a good quality. You know, they cannot uh, collect some nectars that have got such a low sugar value that it actually doesn't make a, uh, the effort of, collecting it worthwhile so not every single tree that you see that's got flowers on or even flower feeds bees because the nectar value and the pollen value of those plants have to be worthwhile for them to collect Uh, you know they're such tiny little things they can collect so little at a time that um, it's got to be a good value uh, that is going to be beneficial to all members of their hive including the babies that use the protein for development and the adults that use the nectar for the, you can basically, basically say, fuel. Mm. Okay, you're involved. I want to talk about this now, but we need to take a short break. But let me just pose the question and you think about it while we get to the break. Uh, you, your involvement in conservation, I mean, over and above your beekeeping company, which is called the Bega Picture. I love the name of this company, first of all. Uh, for those who missed our chat on Tuesday, the Bega Company, spelled B-E-E. Uh, G-E-R. That's been around for 10 years. What do you think we need to do to improve our flora in South Africa? Because that's one of the challenges that emerged from our previous chat, that there is a hindrance uh, to our beekeeping population because of forage and and our flora in South Africa not being so great. But please hold your thoughts on that, Inga. We need to take a short break. This is Planting the Seeds, our feature on agriculture here on Sound Awake. Stay with us. This is Sound Awake on SAFM. Talking to Inga Lota, our beekeeper and member of South African Beekeeping Industry Organization, uh, whose company is the Bega Picture. So how do we improve our flora in South Africa, Inga? Well, you know, we can start from the top um, where we've just spoken about pollination. You know, if your farmer can provide additional flora on his farm as well for the bees that are there, and uh, we're going a very large way towards achieving that, especially down here in the low south, where a lot of the macadamia farmers are starting to plant things like the African blue basil, which is an excellent forage plant uh, that flowers right throughout the year. Uh, literally, if it's a frost-free area, it will flower uh, 12 months of the year. And it gives a very good um, pollen and nectar to bees and other pollinators. Um, as well as you can maybe plant some things like on your other or, um, macadamia farm, you can plant things like uh, lychees or citrus that are not generally there just to harvest, but uh, in order to feed bees. You know, just spot them around your farm uh, to just break that monofloral um, environment that the bees will work on for three months of the year when they're on your farm to pollinate. 
uh, it will definitely increase the uh, quality of the hive's health and, uh, you know, go a long way towards helping other pollinators in the area as well that are naturally in the area. Um, each uh, South African, though, can also help by uh, planting things. You know, my, mm. my dream is if every single person and child can at least just have one plant that they've planted that are beneficial to bees and other pollinators. You know, even if you live in a, um, uh, a high-rise building mm. and you've got a balcony and you stick a plant on there that actually flowers, imagine if every single person can mm. plant something that's good for the environment, how far we will go. Absolutely, and it will be beautiful for the balconies uh, when we see our flats and townhouses anyway. Yeah, imagine uh, that would be just fantastic. Uh, something like uh, we have in Europe in those pictures that we have of those balconies full of yeah. flowers. But we don't have that in South Africa. Uh, and that would be really excellent if we can do more of that. Mm. We spoke about adulterated honey, which is highly diluted and not uh, healthy. So talk to us about how we educate ourselves on this. Well, we've got the Honey Fruit Symposium coming next week on World Bee Day, which is the 20th of May. And I really think it is in our best interest to to join and register and learn what uh, the state of the situation is and how we can actually uh, determine whether it is uh, real honey or not. Mm. Uh, But generally, one should really look at the writing. Uh, uh, Sabia is really trying to ensure that the labeling law uh, will be reflecting on the writing of the bottles or the containers exactly what's inside. You know, like with other food stuff, where you've got to give all the ingredients and uh, be absolutely forthright with it. Um, Honey has actually fallen a bit through the cracks with that, and the labeling laws have to be sharpened up. And the public must be made aware that they must what to look out for. Um, in terms of buying honey. Just the fact that the main um, label says honey mm. in some food. Is it honey? a honey blend? Honey blends are often not real honey or it is blended with irradiated honey or low-quality honey that is brought into the country very cheaply. Um, if it says a product of South Africa and or India and or China and or uh, uh, Argentina and or any other country, then it is always irradiated because all honey that enters South Africa has to be irradiated. And that process definitely does dimin- diminish the quality of the honey. Let's talk beekeeping gear now. And I guess we'll touch on it a little bit because we don't have that much time. But, uh, and also there's quite a lot that goes into it. But what forms part of the beekeeping gear? Well, the first thing is you definitely need a hive for your bees. You know, you need to put them into a beehive that they can uh, live in and that you can actually do proper beekeeping management on. Uh, So a proper beehive would have to be purchased. And then because we are dealing with a very uh, defensive bee species, I mean, in America they call call them the African killer bee for good measure. Uh, We need a bee suit with gloves and remember your feet, put boots on. Um, And then you definitely need a smoker. You never, ever, ever work with bees without a smoker uh, because that does uh, contain them or not contain them, calm them down to a certain Mm -hmm. degree. And a hive tool. 
because without a half tool, you're not even going to get your hive open due to the propolis that they use to close cracks in the hive. Okay, the South African Beekeeping Industry Organization and also the South African Beekeeping Registry, what is the aim of these uh, organizations and how uh, do people become membership? What's the criteria? Well, every single beekeeper, according to law, has to register with the Department of Agriculture. Um, That is even if you've got one hive, um, and that is for statistical purposes, and as well as in case there is disease outbreak so that beekeepers can be uh, called and let know that there is something coming. Also, when you are registered, you receive a registration number. That registration number is yours for life, and you will be adding that onto every uh, beehive that you own. And that is in order that if your property gets stolen, and that does unfortunately happen quite a lot in South Africa, at least you can identify your own property again and prove that it is yours when it is and if it is returned. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sabio on its, on its own is uh, a voluntary uh, organization. You don't have to belong to Sabio. But we really urge many beekeepers or as many beekeepers as possible to support Sabio as a national industry uh, in order to have the funds to um, and the uh, support to make changes on the industry. Uh, like we talked about uh, legislation that needs changing, sometimes labeling laws, um, and to actually speak to the industry. Okay, talking 20 May again, it's going to be World Bee Day. We also want to tackle the issue of honey fraud. So where do we go to register for the symposium? Um, There is a a registration on Food Focus website. Um, So honey fraud, uh, food focus, people can go and have a look, register, and then after you've registered, you'll receive uh, further information as it becomes uh, available. Who should be attending? Who should register? I think everybody, uh, especially people that uh, sell honey and purchase honey, make sure that you're actually selling and purchasing the right thing. And then the general public, uh, it's good to make yourself aware of what is available out there and what to look for. So every single person, as far as I'm concerned, that consumes or sells honey should um, register for this. Awesome. So tell us again uh, the bigger picture, your contact, social media and website. Um, it is www.thebeager, with the double E-1-G picture, one word, uh, dot C-O dot Z-A, and